The Other Side of the News is a current and dynamic companion to augment the discussions from the other side of midnight. We investigate, explore, and extrapolate facts to gain better understanding of current affairs and events, and thus... To bring comfort and calm to our wide international audience. It's a spontaneous commentary. Based on well-verified references vetted through vigilance and discernment. Our desire, desire is to awaken your imagination with questions. Questions that have not been asked, yet need answering. The other side of the news is a place where you can come and be with us in community. Learning new things, asking questions, getting compelling answers, and interesting viewpoints. It's about curiosity. We present thought-provoking questions to incite your mind, propelling you to see the world in another way. Propelling you to see the world in another way. With clear insights and fresh perspectives on global events. Tune in for a balanced view of the other side of the news. Timothy Saunders. I'm one of your trio of co-hosts on this 57th edition of The Other Side of the News. I'm speaking to you this early morning from a lockdown Bayram in southwest Turkey, which for many of you may be situated on the other side of the world. As the dawn chorus begins to warm up here, hopefully many of you are relaxing into your evening, eager to hear some fascinating insights from our latest guest. I will soon be joined by co-host and producer Kintia together with co-host and researcher Aneta Driscoll, who is speaking this evening from the infamous wheelhouse in the Bay Area. This show is entitled Undiplomatic Immunity. I continue to start each day as a positive person. I wake up void of any thoughts about COVID-19 nor choose to give the subject any of my energy. By and large, my everyday life is not affected by the C word, I have found easy workarounds to the majority of the suggested mandates. I therefore do not follow nor comply with the ridiculous and pointless lockdown protocols. I rarely ever randomly watch anything on mainstream TV. Instead, I select which media to watch, being very mindful of its source, and therefore am aware of the probable spin that comes with it. I invest my time as ever to make research with the aim to improve and evolve myself and my projects. I'm fortunate to enjoy my work, which I regard as one of my passions. I spend money at local companies, which either accept or at least tolerate my mask-free face. The exception, the one point I currently miss, is to visit the beach and swim in the sea, which for some unfathomable reason is currently not permitted during lockdown Turkey. However, I'm confident this will soon go back to normal in a few days. In fact, it's only when I see the odd person who is wearing a face nappy, whether they are driving, jogging, or serving in a shop, that I even remember there is a pandemic. And this is a profound positive effect on my well-being. While I do expect everyone to live according to my philosophy or lifestyle, and I respect many believe they simply cannot so easily evade the tyranny, I remain very mindful that I wish to leave a better planet for my kids than the one I inherited. And for this reason, 
that I believe is deeply rooted in the DNA of us all is why we should unite our awareness with a view to block the minority and through nonconformity act as the majority that we are. I really cannot imagine how anyone can actually believe there is justification for this pandemic. And I have a big imagination. So how on earth does this momentum continue under this dilapidated veil of COVID? Well, apart from the increasing millions of individuals around the world who continue to join the awakened state and rejection of this COVID-19 narrative, there are also thousands of doctors and lawyers now taking on their puppet governments and figurehead organizations such as the CDC and even the WHO. There is also a rather surprising number of converts who, for one, you may not expect. Keith, please play sound excerpt A. I'm very sincere in what I'm doing. I'm warning you that governments around the world and certainly yours locally is lying to you in various ways that are easy for you to establish. If you choose not to do that, there's nothing someone like me can do about it, OK? You've been subject to propaganda and lies by people who are very well trained in how they do that, and I'm a complete amateur. So I'm simply telling you that if you want to check any one of the things I have said, you will find it to be true. And I would point out to you that if you find one thing your government has said which is clearly not true, I ask you this. Why would you believe anything else they've told you? Once you've been infected, you're immune. There's no uncertainty about it. It's been studied hundreds of times now. Lots of literature has been published. So once you've been infected, often you'll have no symptoms. Uh, you are now immune, probably for decades. It's simply not true that the variants that it throws off as it replicates are sufficiently different from each other to represent any threat at all. It's not even unlikely. It's impossible based on... Uh, the thousands and thousands of variants that have been formed, they're all very, very similar to the original. In fact, I joke about them and call them samients because they're so similar, you might as well see them as the same. And so you've been infected, you'll mostly survive unless you're very close to death anyway. You're then immune possibly for life. It's not true that the variants represent any kind of threat. It's not true that you need a top-up vaccine. Most of you don't need a vaccine at all. Most of you would be well advised to stay away from experimental uh, uh, vaccines, unfortunately, that do come with a, a blood clot risk. Why would you take a risk with your health for something that's not a threat to you? So when your government lies to you once or twice, we're probably quite used to politicians occasionally telling white lies and we kind of let them. But when they lie to you about something technical, something that you can check, and they do so repeatedly over months, and they do it over many, many elements of the, whole, of the same event, Please, you've got to believe me in not telling the truth. And if they're not telling the truth, that means there's something else afoot. And I'm here today to tell you that there is something very, very bad happening. Uh, and if you don't pay attention, you will soon lose any chance to do anything about it. And don't say you weren't warned, because I've been warning people as long as I can and as hard as I can, that you can still, right now, take your normal society back. You can take it back tomorrow. You don't need masks, they don't work. Forget lockdowns, they never slowed transmission, which took place mostly in institutions like hospitals and care homes. You don't need to be vaccinated by uh, inadequately tested and somewhat dangerous gene-based spike protein-inducing proteins 
uh, and you don't need to do what you're told by corrupt scientists who are apparently advising our, our government. If you don't do that in the next few weeks, it will be over. I believe if we get to a point of a so-called vaccine passport, I think you will have lost the chance to take it back and you will regret it. That was the voice of Michael Eden, the ex-vice president of Pfizer, believe it or not, who is yet another high-profile big pharmaceutical industry player who has recently made a very public U-turn. One may ask what type of headache could have brought on this change of mind. As VP, he should have been quite happily cruising through life with sufficient power and income to erect an enviable career and lifestyle. Maybe he had a change of heart, found life at the top less fulfilling than he had imagined. Or perhaps he found it all too stressful and simply burned out. Perhaps he could no longer live with Pfizer's new products in the pipeline. Well, the COVID-19 injection is claimed to have been developed in record time to fulfill the WHO's suggested emergency circumstances. There was prior knowledge of this pandemic. This is validated by multiple paper trails that go back well before 2020, not just by a couple of months, but in some cases by several years. You may recall we have previously cited how multiple companies were given multi-million dollar orders by various governments, orders which include the provision of COVID-19 test kits as early as 2018, as they most likely did not decipher any lost works from Nostradamus, this alone reveals the plan. This paper trail spans numerous events, studies and research across the planet. One such milestone paper was produced by the Rockefellers in 2010, where many lockstep guidelines were set out in report form, which include harmful mask wearing, useless lockdowns and antisocial distancing, which very sadly many people today still believe and are still suffering from. As it should be crystal clear to all by now, this pandemic is more about the minority creating a perception of fear, division, and the removal of liberty in an aggressive attempt to gain control, rather than to protect the well-being and health of the people. This further highlights the paper trail's journey, not only back in history, but also projects the minority's strategy forward through the coming decade. The governments, through an abuse of power, keep extending the emergency lockdowns without valid reason. Klaus Einar Schwab from the World Economic Forum and his pals are about to hold a new simulation on July the 9th called Cyber Polygon, where the internet will be tested while under attack. I'm sure Billy Gates of hell will have a few ideas of how to bring the net down, as this is his core work, selling flawed operating systems and then augmenting his sales with antiviral wear. Anyway, to focus on the meaning behind this event, you may recall Chinese pedestrians were captured on video falling over in the street only two months after the Agenda 201 pandemic simulation, which was held by the same crowd in November 2019. So I would highly recommend you all start backing up your hard drives well before September the 11th this year. To continue, the World Bank's current financial strategy is set to cover our way of life, which can be likened to the twilight zone, until 2025. Apparently, there is a new pandemic planned called SPARS between 2025 and 2028, 
which leads us nicely up the ramp to the Great Reset in 2030. While this sounds rather dystopian, well, it is. It was only last week we revealed Aldous Huxley's brother was an active member in the sets and subsets of this same hungry group. With this lemming road map established, it's much easier to research, develop, and roll out the tech required, the roadmap to transhumanism. Keith, please play X out B. The nanorobot we designed and fabricated um, is a, a machine that can be programmed to autonomously uh, recognize target cells and deliver payloads to those cells. The basic idea is to make uh, a cage or a basket that protects a fragile or toxic uh, or precious payload and only releases it when it's at the right moment. The nanorobot is capable of um, loading a, a cargo and then delivering that cargo to a cell surface and specifically to a cell surface that ex is expressing some, some marker that we programmed the nanorobot to recognize. And that's done in a logical control where the surface of the basket responds to the surface of the cells that it's targeting. That was an excerpt from a presentation made by the Weiss Institute at Harvard, a research and production company which is using advanced technologies such as organ chips to bring test drugs to humans in a matter of months. The speakers in this video go on to describe how the payload or barrel is created using DNA origami and how the barrel is subsequently released at the intended location and time interval. I question who is selecting these payloads, what do these payloads contain, which signal will issue their release, and when will this signal be given? In my opinion, it is paramount to gain clear answers to these and many more questions prior to anyone being injected with this experimental mRNA gene modification. As the mainstream media, infamous TV doctors, the bought scientists and puppet government misleaders cannot be trusted, and a blank injection slip simply does not suffice. I very much look forward to hearing our guests' perspective regarding this essential awakening process all with a view to illuminate the best path to lead us to a positive outcome. You may find us at www.theothersideofmidnight.com. Click on the other side of the news in the drop-down menu, or kindly scroll down to tonight's white, the other side of the news show banner. There you will see details for this show, quick links to our bios, as well as links to our show items, references, and selected research. As usual, there's a huge collection of information to read, watch, and listen to, most of which has been handpicked from independent sources. I urge you to study them and even download your own copies sooner than later, as the censorship robots are work around the clock to rewrite our history in real time. During Earth's last seven rotations, we have once more been inundated by a deluge of remarkable events and headlines reported in the news. To discuss, validate and present each topic in correct context could all too easily fill up an entire show by itself. As the other side of the news is not per se a typical news show, and in order to make the best use of our available airtime, I believe we should plot a direct course to greet the rest of our team and to introduce our special guest this evening, who is Dr. Carrie Made. Good evening, Kintia. Good evening, Aneta. Ladies, have you tried the fridge magnet challenge yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't work on me. I didn't get the thing. I didn't get the lethal jab, so no. I don't think uh, I don't think any of us in this household are going to do that. What do you think, Cynthia? No way, absolutely no way. 
<laughs> so I wanted to talk about a few things. Uh, we have had seven rotations since we last were talking to you. And uh, it has certainly been an interesting week. I'm a person who has my whole life been apolitical. And I still am in that I don't, uh, I'm not a party follower, etc. But I have to say that this has really gotten pretty interesting. The Senate that I've never had a lot of respect for has been kind of interesting this week. The Senate had a narrative, questioning the narrative that, that Dr. Fraudchi has been holding up. And basically, they eviscerated him in the Senate. And it, it's pretty interesting because they were talking about his funding of the Wuhan labs, and he was saying how he didn't. Well, he was just flat out lying. There's all kinds of evidence. Everyone knows it's there that's been bothering to look. Uh, I have a item number one in my items, which is something I had up on the show a year ago, actually a year ago right now. It's still absolutely true. It's called Made in China, and it's the truth is the name of the, the video. And it talks about all the financing and who's behind all of this and how it works. This has been around, like I said, for a year. So I would encourage people to look at that. But anyway, while that's all falling apart, my back channels that I follow have said today, in fact, that Fraudchi's team has collapsed and the, his directors from the NIH and the NIAID are um, singing like canaries. And they've been debriefing the last few days and the servers have been taken. So that, I mean, I can't absolutely confirm that right now. That's from some of my back channels, like I'm saying. But it's pretty interesting. There's a lot going on behind the scenes all over the place. The moment that Merkel signed the new illegal law in Germany and it was implemented, that triggered the Nuremberg Code. So that is really an interesting thing that's happening in the courts. And I'm hoping to be able to cover that in detail next week. I ran out of time this week and we want to get on with the guests. So we're not going to cover that right now. But that's something that people should be looking into. The lawsuit iterates 10 different reasons why this a whole thing is completely illegal and it, it doesn't meet any of the requirements for a pandemic nor a vaccine or an on and on it goes. It's a crime against humanity. Anyway, meanwhile, on the state side, Congress was also questioning the NIH, the CDC and the FDA about their employees' rate of vaccination. And after very long pregnant pauses from each of the heads of these organizations, they admitted that they thought that there might be a 50% vaccine rate, but they couldn't confirm that. Kind of tells you something, doesn't it? You know, these are the people that are supposed to know all this stuff and they're not getting it. And uh, I would I would attest that a lot of those people that said they got it, we've caught many of them on videos, not actually getting the vaccine. They have syringes with no needles, attracting needles, things like that. You just do slow motion and zoom in and see it. So there's a lot of false stuff going on. As far as news goes, Senator Todd Cruz pretty well wrapped it up. And I quote, uh, turn on the six o'clock news and suddenly the Biden border crisis has disappeared. I recognize there are other crises, but we have got a gas crisis playing out. We've got a war in the Middle East. We have an inflation crisis coming up. And I agree that the Biden policies are failing across the board economically, domestically and abroad but that doesn't mitigate the disaster that's playing out at our southern border. In other words, we're being hit from all directions, and we have the bumbling ones in Washington, D.C. So if the world wasn't weird enough, we've got the world watching Arizona, and uh, behavior is really bizarre, and it's, that's an acute understatement. We've got deleted databases, 
refusal of turning over passwords, dominion, refusing access to the machine, and on and on it goes. The question, of course, is why? If this was a legitimate election, there would be absolutely no problem in auditing it, and uh, we'd have the same results, and it would confirm the results. So it doesn't take a lot of thinking to go, hmm, wonder why they're fighting that so hard. So uh, it's also triggering a lot of audits in other places so far, New Hampshire, statewide, and Michigan. And I think that we're going to see Pennsylvania and Georgia before the next week. If you're interested in following that kind of thing, there is a Telegram channel called Vote Liz Harris. And if you go to Telegram and you go to Vote Liz Harris, you can follow all the election stuff for those of you that are interested. And my my Telegram channel that I have is called Patrick Henry. And uh, I put up all kinds of different articles up there. So if you're interested in that, please sign up. It's free and you can get all kinds of good stuff sent to you. Uh, what I would say in summary of this is keep your eye on the cases being brought forth, these crimes against humanity, the overturning of fraudulent elections the whole world is watching, the color revolutions all over the world where we're seeing this kind of stuff. These are coups that are being done by these George Soros's Open Foundation, etc. And you'll notice the commonality is they're all having elections on Dominion machines. So uh, what we're, you know, what we're experiencing is what many countries are experiencing. And finally, on that front, I would say, always follow the money. It all leads back to Switzerland. And I would strongly suggest if you haven't been paying attention, you know, look at stuff coming from Switzerland. There's going to be an awful lot. This is a banking war. This is a war between good and evil. And, and the money tells you where it's going. So that's what I would say on that. Then I have a little opt-ed I wrote up. I wanted to just say this because, well, it's in my heart and soul. So while diplomacy may be thought of as a noble act, it rarely works, and even less so concerning any collective effort. Diplomacy is meant for individuals in order to structure cooperation and calm in daily life, commerce, and society. Nation states can only attempt to be diplomatic if the people themselves fully agree with the terms. Concerning the current environment and tyrannical chaos evident, diplomacy is not only irrelevant, it is worthless. I am no diplomat, and I no longer have sympathy for those that choose to remain blind in the face of this obvious and purposely planned and initiated totalitarian hell. The holes in this pandemic fraud are large enough for trucks to drive through, so acceptance of the state's narrative is no longer valid in any way. At this point, all that matters is the truth, an acceptance of the truth in order to be able to recognize reality. This, in essence, is the psychological basis for sanity and the foundation of character. Gaining an understanding of this premise can only lead to a better life and confidence in making the right decisions. How much indisputable evidence and tyranny must be present before the herd is willing to not only listen to the truth, but also accept it? The requirements for this awakening can be harsh, but they are necessary in order to survive. Avoidance of the truth leads to a dishonest response of diplomacy and compliance in order to get along. This can only lead to widespread submission as an inability to face any challenge. The world's inhabitants are now consumed by ignorance due to long-term mass indoctrination and have become unable to distinguish truth from lies fact from fiction, and reality from fantasy. Because of this purposely created phenomenon, honesty and courage have basically disappeared. 
and it's been replaced with cowardice and indifference. This has led to what might be described as gross intellectual obsolescence of the majority. It has been reported there are many people that did not believe in mask or social distancing or any of the other draconian and freedom-robbing mandates that have been issued, but do them anyway in order to be respectful of others or to show some pretend empathy or compassion. This is pure bovine excrement, and it's a bold-faced lie. If any of these people actually do not believe what they're doing is right but are doing it anyway, they are simply seeking an excuse for their cowardice. They do not want to buck their master, nor do they want to have any conflict, so they practice a form of false diplomacy. In other words, they do as they're told and pretend they have some noble purpose. To consider the consequences of doing right in order to decide to go ahead or to stand against wrong, the right has already been discarded in favor of submission. This is a pathetic response and one that is prevalent today. The situation we are faced with is not only dire, it is life-changing and could be life-ending. Certainly, all freedom is threatened. Private property is being confiscated due to intentional economic destruction. Medical tyranny is rampant. Self-imprisonment has been mandated and will be again. Poverty is, is widespread. Poisonous, lethal injections and communist block-style identification papers are required in some areas in order to work or travel. And hyperinflation has already begun. This is serious business. And the weak and apathetic populace has voluntarily accepted this totalitarian madness with little, if any, resistance. There is much talk about the necessity to wake up, but it's not happened. And in light of the preponderance of evidence concerning the fraudulent nature of the so-called pandemic and the Great Reset, why has a mass awakening not occurred? It has not occurred because most people are now happy with their slavery and are not willing to take the risk whatsoever to protect their own freedom. This is the current state of affairs, so what can be done? No one has a right to force or attempt to force another to take a position whatsoever. In other words, you as an individual have no right to force your belief on others in society regardless of the merits of your thinking. This means, of course, that no other has any right to force or do anything against your will as well. So what does this mean? It means that those of us willing to stand up against the controlling powers of the state should not bow to any authority or any individual or group attempting to harass, threaten, shame, or intimidate us in any way. Dis diplomacy be damned that it is high time to quit attempting to sympathize with idiots. Every normal man must be tempted at times to spit on his hands, hoist the black flag, and begin slitting throats. That's from H.L. Minikin. This is the position we're in now. It seems most prudent as we enter this final stage of this takeover plot. Quit pretending that you're wearing a mask to, for the benefit of others. Quit allowing non-thinking, obnoxious drones from attacking you. Quit running away from those attempting to force their position on you. Quit going along to get along. Quit succumbing to the pressure from others to do things that you know are not in your best interest. Quit calculating every decision and move you make based on the consequences and just do what you know to be right. Do the right thing. Live your own life without concern for those refusing to stand up against the tyranny. 
And I'll close with a quote from Patrick Henry. Should I keep back my opinions at such a time through the fear of giving offense? I should consider myself as guilty of treason toward my country and an act of disloyalty to the majesty of heaven for which I revere above all earthly kings. So that's what I have for tonight. Cynthia? Well, you're listening to The Other Side of the News, and our guest tonight is Dr. Carrie Made, and co-hosting are Timothy Saunders, Annette Driscoll, and myself, Cynthia. And we will catch you after the break. One of the ways that this organized crime system has been able to monopolize the media and has been able to uh, control the government and control perception at a, on a wide scale is because it's the banks at the core and they've been given the privilege of creating money out of thin air using a technique called fractional reserve banking. where the central banks backstop the money center banks to create money out of thin air. So when you go to get a loan, whether it's a mortgage or a car loan, that's not depositor money that they're loaning you. Uh, they just credit your account with some dollar credits and you're off to the races. And then you spend the rest of your life paying interest on a mortgage that somebody created out of thin air. And that's the reason why the bank is the largest building in every city on the planet. Because they're making outrageous profits by getting to loan money at interest that they created out of thin air. This is Etienne de la Boissy Squared, the author of Government, the Biggest Scam in History, Exposed. And some of my favorite conversations are the ones that I have on the other side of the news with Timothy, Annetta, and Kinthia. Thank you for doing what you do and providing the service that you provide. To the other side of the news, our show tonight is called Undiplomatic Immunity, and our guest is Dr. Carrie Made, co-hosting our Annette Driscoll, Timothy Saunders, and myself, Kinthea. I just want to tag a few sentences in here and then bring Carrie on. 
I uh, was looking at uh, the Epic Times, and it's so distressing to see the headline, 2.4 million college students face vaccine mandate. So 130 universities are not going to accept acquired immunity as an exemption from this mandate. And being that my youngest son is a school teacher, I am just really distraught at listening to the pressure that's being put on students and teachers. They're using it as a weapon, as a way, a leverage to force them to get vaccinated. And it's highly distressing, really distressing. So I'm also grateful that Dr. Carey has a real sense of an overview in the sense of being able to come out of this. And I'm excited to bring her on. Dr. Carrie Made is originally from Dearborn, Michigan, and received her medical degree from Kansas City University of Medical Biosciences in 2001. She then completed her traditional internship at the Medical Center in Columbia, Georgia, and internal medicine residency at Mercer University in Macomb, Georgia. Dr. Made served as a private clinician and medical director of clinics in Georgia until 2015. She then moved to the Dominican Republic, where she spends her time doing charity work and telemedicine. Dr. Made also served as an attending physician for the Pennsylvania College of Osteopathic Medicine in Georgia campus, where she monitored students in clinical applications of internal medicine for eight years. She has served as a public speaker and was featured in a documentary, The Marketing of Madness, about the overuse of prescription psychotropic medicines. So welcome to the show, Dr. Carey. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to uh, have this discussion with you because um, you're all wonderful and that you're bringing together. It's it's a big picture that we need to look at. We, we need to uh, look at it from a bird's eye view because it's not just about the our country. It's not just about this virus. It's much bigger than that. And so, um, yeah, we need to cover that and see what's going on. And one thing I just want to make sure your listeners remember is that let's start with what everybody's talking about with the virus and these injections that they're calling vaccines is that just remember the virus that they say that is making everybody sick. Nowhere in the world, not one country, not one institution, not the CDC, nobody has this virus that's making us sick on file. It does not exist. All the Freedom of Information Acts are empty over and over again. The virus nowhere exists. So if that is correct, and that's what they're telling us, how in the world can they be testing for it? How in the world can they be making this kind of injection to put in us to save us from this? So we need to start asking the obvious questions because by science and medicine, that makes no sense. I've never heard of that before. And like uh, Timothy was saying, I think it was Timothy, that since 2017, we've had test kits that by the Rothschilds that we purchased in the United States. I forgot how many millions of dollars we purchased, but it has COVID-19 on it. How in the world were we able to purchase all those if, and this was supposed to be a novel infection? You start looking at the big picture, you start looking at everything, you'll find 
you know, this is actually a planned pandemic. This is not actually uh, what they're telling us in the media. So then you have to ask the bigger question, why? And I think that's where you're, you know, you're leading us into is why is this happening? Absolutely. You know, I always hear people say, well, if it wasn't real, why is it all around the world they're reporting this? And we're mm-hmm. saying like, because those forces are active all the way around the world. That's right. I, I feel like, in my opinion, that most countries have been taken, a coup happened around the world. I mean, for instance, look at our country, the United States. I mean, this person that's calling themselves the president, Biden, really, are they in power? Well, they're not, actually. Legally, they're not, because we're in the Emergency Act. And the Emergency Act technically gives the executive power over to FEMA. And this emergency you know, uh, group actually does not answer to our Congress. They don't answer to them. They're kind of off on the side. They do have a bigger affiliation, a stronger affiliation with the United Nations. Um, that's really who they answer to. So here you go. You find that that's, and you're seeing what's happening in our ju- judicial system and the, you know, the, the craziness with our voting at the Dominion machines and, and no one's being accountable, nothing's happening. And why, you know, why are crimes against humanity going on in our country and nobody's addressing it? Well, in my opinion, it's because our government's not functioning as we thought of our government. You know, you were talking about how this has been planned. And I was listening to one of your interviews where you were in this class and the the teacher was sharing some information. It turned out that she had been working on this project for the military. You, this was a long time ago. You want to share that incident? Yes. You know, throughout life, you can probably um, have experiences like this. All these things that happened by these chance encounters, meeting different people, this class, all kind of came together for this serendipitous moment where it helped me understand everything going on. And this was one of the first. So this was when I was in didactics, just a big classroom of medical students, and we have a microbiology teacher. And this is before cell phones now. And so she was showing us the most evolved organism. Later, I knew what that meant was a code word for a bioweapon. Anyhow, she was part of of the um, team working on this. She was very proud of her work. So she wanted to show us about this. And so when she was showing us electron microscopy pictures, she told us that, you know, more, more evolved organisms are weaker, more fragile. I thought that was odd because they should be stronger if they're more evolved. She went on to say that what makes them more pathogenic or virulent is for this particular organism was the neurotoxin on there. So she said the neurotoxin was alive, but not alive, could reproduce on its own and, and could be in the body even when the, the pathogen was gone. So she showed us this picture and I took pause. I'm like, what is that? And I raised my hand. I never did back then, but this is one of the times I did. I said, excuse me, is that a drawing of the uh, neurotoxin. She said, no. I said, no, you must have misunderstood me because is that a cartoon? And she said, no. And the entire classroom burst out and gasping and just disbelief and very upset because what we saw was actually like a miniature looking robot. That's just unbelievable, tinier than a red blood cell. How is this possible? We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any concept of how that could happen. 
she became very angry. She said, I knew I shouldn't have showed, you know, shown you this. You're not supposed to know this. Forget it. If you ever repeat this, you'll never work again. You'll be blackballed from the industry. And, and she was very angry. Yeah, so that, that started me to understand that there was something called nanotechnology and that we were working with it in our military. And it also helped me understand a little bit more of how these things work and, and what makes them pathogenic and, and virulent. And that particular organism was mycoplasma pneumonia, which a lot of people have heard of that one, but actually, technically, it is a bioweapon. And, and so before the cell phone. <laughs> yes. Yes. So this, this is not new. These bioweapons have been around. They're very common. They, 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 we, the United States, actually use them. So uh, even Lyme is actually classified as a bioweapon. It's been, I'm sorry, declassified. And, um, you know, Lyme is actually a, a stone's throw from Plum Island. And that Plum Island is where they do all these bioweapons. They, they start working on them, all these kind of sci-fi things. And that's a stone's throw away in Connecticut. So that's a bioweapon as well. So they, they pretend like that's not happening. You know, they're scrubbing things from the internet, but we do have proof that these are bioweapons. So fast forward to this time, right? So we supposedly, you know, I think there's enough evidence now to say these are bioweapons by looking at the code. But the problem is we can see the organisms of those things that they are showing us on the electron microscopy imaging way back then. But this time there are none. Well, where is it? This is just unbelievable to me. So uh, this this one is very strange because why don't we have any imaging of it? But yes, um, this kind of pandemic happening is not a surprise to me. I've been expecting something like this because if you look at the plans that have been going on, the Codex Alimentaris, which is a trade agreement international, they talk about these things. Um, Agenda 2021, uh, there's Agenda 2030 all kinds of things like that. So it's not surprising. Oh, take a breath. <laughs> I have to remind myself to take a breath. As I was going through your your work there and seeing the different details there, plans and strategy for transhumanism, these stages, and now hearing about these nanobots that are literally programmable, they could be... Um, targeted and initiated at any at their will at their disposal they can send the signal and bam you've got whatever it is they put into you yes it's it's really just uh, unbelievable for most people to even understand this because what happened is that within even 10 years our science has gone light years it is really not to me humanly possible that we got all that technology this way. Uh, that's my opinion, because we go from a certain, you know, standard of just, you know, treating something with an antibiotic and this and that to literally overnight, everything's nano sized. Everything is uh, a miniature computer. Everything is about genetic modification. How did that happen so fast? It's very strange. I'll, I'll say that. And, um, you have to know that it's real. They can do these things, even though you weren't told about them. I was, wasn't told about them for the most part. So we have to understand that it's out there. They can do it. And then start listening to the people of why are they using it? 
And you'll hear the word, if you listen enough and research enough, you'll hear the word, the fourth industrial revolution, the great reset, also the word transhumanism, which is the most important one to understand what that means. And this is really, in my opinion, why everything is happening, why the world is upside down, why nothing makes sense, because there's a grander plan for all of us by the year 2030. That's what most dates you'll hear. And that by that date, they plan on evolving humanity to a new form. And to them, they thought the greatest way to evolve us was to connect us with artificial intelligence. In fact, Elon Musk says it's the only way to go. We must do this. And when doing that, some people think it sounds fantastic. Oh, I might be like the Matrix because uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about it as a wonderful thing. He says, you know, you just can download everything. Nobody <laughs> needs to go to school now. Like you're Neo. <laughs> but just download that book. <laughs> yeah. So you, you sit there by yourself in a chair, I guess, and you just get everything downloaded and you live in a virtual reality almost. But I want people to think, do you really trust these people? Do you think that's what they're going to use it for? Because Neil deGrasse Tyson, maybe that's for him, but then you hear the World Economic Forum. They have their take on what it will be like to be a human. And it's terrible because if you read their website, they said in the future, you will own nothing. You will have no privacy and you will be happy. What? The Borg. <laughs> and they also say that all your thoughts will be recorded as well as your dreams and that it, this this reference uh, to a person talking in the future, and they said this person was saying, I'm afraid that something that I dream or I think will get me in trouble. So that's insinuating the thought police will know everything, of, like a predictive policing thing. That's a terrible dystopian uh, future for us, and I won't go along with it. And people need to wake up to that's really what's happening and so you can't just give in to these, these small things that you think, like wearing a mask that goes against all of our science, all OSHA standards, but you're going to do it just to comply. Or, you know, not, you know, getting an injection that's experimental just to comply with these draconian measures, just to make them happy so you can go to school. Well, if you start doing these things, just know that it's almost an agreement with them or consent for them to go the next step and the next step. And so we have to stop that slippery slope now before we get to a point where it becomes almost impossible. It Carrie. is disconcerting. Go ahead, Anetta. Oh, yeah. I wanted to um, jump into this thing about artificial intelligence because I, I hear all the time it's COVID um, certificate of um, vaccination ID and I also, I, I look at numerology and AI, it says 19, but it, that's AI in um, my numerology. A is one and I is nine. So uh, I look at that and I think, yeah, they're telling us right up front, this is about AI, about turning us into the Borg. And uh, this week, I think a lot of people know that there's been quite a few videos of people coming out and, and having magnets on their arms at the injection site and they, they lock on which would certainly not be natural because you can put a magnet anywhere on your body. Normally it would fall off. So uh, can we address that and what, what you think is going on with that as far as the uh, nanoparticulate matter? Yes, that's been my main concern from the very beginning. And I know about 
this product that they're using, this experimental agent in these injections, because I, I've attended meetings where I learned about them and I learned about the intent of using them. So what they're, they're telling us, at least in Pfizer and Moderna, they're using something called a nanolipid particle. And it sounds pretty benign, but actually it's very sci-fi. It's brand new on the human race. They've only used it in small test groups in the military. So never before this way. And why are they using it? Well, they're telling us they have to use it because, you know, something synthetic, this code that they're putting in people, our bodies will destroy because it's foreign. And that's what the body should do. So they had to trick our body into accepting it. So they're going to use this nanotechnology. And they don't really want to say the word nanotechnology, but that's what it is. And also it falls under a, a group called hydrogel. And they don't want you to know that either, because if you look that up, uh, Google it even, you'll find lots of different uses that it, it can be um, used for. But I know of of why they're putting it in there, I believe, because of the meetings that I attended. And so they're saying it's just an on-demand drug delivery system, but they also can function as antenna, in, in other words, because they have the ability to gather information in your body and transmit it. So receive information and transmit. So almost like a liquid form or crystallized form of having your smartphone inside of you. That's pretty much the analogy. And so you know, they're saying they won't use it for that. But again, do we trust them, right? Hell no. <laughs> and, and so it, when they're doing this, there's an interesting article to read. It's, um, it's frightening, but it's interesting. And it talks about genetically engineered magnetoprotein remotely controls brain and behavior of even uh, mammals. So this was some years ago. So what they were doing is using a technique just like these injections, and they were able to tag magnetically inside the brain where, so it was a genetic modification, just slight, and there was a magnetically charged protein, which they used uh, your red blood cell, which is a, an iron, okay? And so from a distance, they could, electromagnetic waves could affect the behavior of the animal in the mood. And then it was reversible and it was almost like fingerprintless, you know, nobody would know you did it. Mm. So here are these, this is even in some major magazines, this is the guardian. What in the world would be the good purpose of something like that? Why would you want to remotely control someone else's behavior and mood? It's something that they could use it for. And then also if they can transmit the, this information or gather it, well, then that means you're going to emit some kind of energy, right? Which would be like a EMF, electromagnetic frequency. So there's some reports of some people actually being a higher EMF reading than the average person after getting these injections. And that's pretty interesting. So we have to look closely into this. And what's very concerning is that none of the manufacturers or our governments will allow any of us to analyze the vials. It's illegal for us to analyze them. They won't let us look in there. Well, why? If there's nothing to hide, why can't we see what's inside these vials? I mean, that's, again, that's another crime against humanity. This is unbelievable. They're going this far with this. There is a gentleman that I saw videos this week. He took his injection. In other words, he took the, the vial and, and went out. And I don't know what's happened to him. He was going to ship them off to a undisclosed lab doctor. And um, 
I haven't heard anything since, but I was following that. He is trying to get those things analyzed. So hopefully we'll get some answers. Yeah, there's a few people I know trying to do that. We need some really powerful equipment like electron microscopy imaging. And um, it, it takes some money to do that, too. So hopefully we'll get it into the, the right hands to do that. But I think, in my opinion, the biggest reason of these injections is to get the payload into people of this nanotechnology. There's, for me, and there's another reason, another motivation for doing that. Because right now, we have no proof that this virus even exists. What mm -hmm. made people sick around the world, in my opinion, is many different things. And they used a testing mechanism was, that was faulty and that could cross-react with anything. It could literally cross-react with bacteria, with other flus, with other colds, false positives. So that's meaningless. So there's no proof of this supposed, you know, bad, weird virus affecting everybody. So why would they do this? I think it's an excuse to get this nanotechnology into them. And perhaps to put this code into them, which in itself could make them sick in, in essence. So and that we've seen that. But I know about this nanotechnology. I think I went into that last time where the, the business meeting and the scientific meeting that were very important that I had attended, and the, particularly the business owners meeting where they talked about the, the general population here in Georgia, where they felt that it was time to adjust the behavior. Uh, see, again, that same word, behavior, of everybody here. They didn't have to ask anyone's permission. They were going to do it, and they had a plan. And they felt that people here are too racist and not amenable to other cultures. So they felt that if they had a technique to make people not lie as much, that if they didn't lie as much, that would make them nicer to each other. This is, their, this is what they told us in the meeting. And so they came up with the plan of having a health app on everyone's phone, which we now have. This is before it was downloaded. You can't delete it. Um, you can disable it, but not delete it. And they showed us in the dropdown where uh, in the software of this phone, of your phone, everything can be analyzed. Your thoughts, your emotions, your menstrual cycle, if you're fertile, if you're drinking alcohol, the blood alcohol content, of course, you know, respirations and all that. But also it has a lie detector test, electrodermal analysis, a voice inflection app to see if you're lying and all kinds of things. And they wanted to gather information from each person. It would go through your phone, all of those things. The phone would analyze it. There'd be a supercomputer that would analyze it. And so every time you lied, the phone, what they told us, would give the person an instant repercussion. They used the word like buzz or shock, which, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly what they meant by that. And then after like, say, a month or three months, how many times you lied would be added up. And then a social credit system would be enacted on you. So let's say you wouldn't get a good um, percentage on your house mortgage. You couldn't get into a good school. You couldn't eat good food. And this was a literal actual plan for the people here. Now, when will they do it? They said they wanted to do it in 2020, but I don't think so. This is not fantasy. This is a actual business meeting. And, and this is a business meeting of like, what kind of organization was this? That's so um, this is a business meeting you had to get invited to. And it was a recruitment. And I wasn't understanding that until I showed up because I was uh, taken aback when they bust us in. We could not drive. Our cell phones were jammed back then. 
I'd never seen that before. They locked us in the building. You couldn't leave until it was done. So uh, nobody warned me about that. And there, there was some tech people and, you know, some bigger corporations. And so I was a fish out of water. And while they're talking about these plans, everybody else seemed to be in line with it, clapping and cheering. And in this technology that I was saying, how it could analyze you, they did say there had to be a substance inside of people, which they didn't go into how that would happen. Anyhow, I asked the people around me because I was horrified of like, this is what kind of business meeting is this? This is not what I thought. And they told me, well, you know, if you're not on our side, you're on the other side and you're going to want to be on our side very soon. You know, it's either us or them. Take, you know, choose your side. I said, I know what side I'm on. I said, I'm side for humanity. And I said, if you actually think that this technology will never be turned on you, you're a fool. Because if you look at the algorithm, there's no other human there. It's a supercomputer and you. Do you really think you can beat that? You know, and that was the last meeting I went to. I should have went to more to find out more information. But I know some people that have gone to more of those meetings and they, they said it's gotten more forward in the process. So it's, it's still in the works. Well, that's kind of like uh, I, I have this phrase that I, I stole from someone else, but it's kind of like paying the cannibals to eat you last. Yeah. So just a bad idea. Well, we're just about at break. I, um, I have a ton of questions, but we'll get back to that. And we're going to be back with tonight's show. Our guest tonight is Dr. Carrie Made, and your co-hosts are Timothy Saunders, Kanthea, and myself, Anetta. And we'll be back right after break. Here's the big word, law. It stands for land, air, water. When you are born and you come into this world, you're born on the land, not the water. That's what the bar operates in. That's their jurisdiction, the jurisdiction of the sea. Okay? Law stands for land, common law. A stands for air, acoustical law, canon law. And W stands for water, which is admiralty maritime law. That's what lawyers are trained in, which is contract law. It's the difference between legal and lawful is legal applies to that which is incorporated right? Legal persons, which are fictions that are created when we're born. That's what the birth certificate represents, people. Okay? It's very disturbing when you understand that truth. For the other side of the news, my name's Christopher James, and I just wanted to give my full support to these wonderful people who are bringing incredible light forward at this time and moment in our world. The truth has never been more important, and I was incredibly blessed to be with them and share with them enormous truths on our very first interview, and I'm looking forward to coming back and seeing our world finally coming together under one hood, under one understanding that there's truly only one of us, and that there's only love that matters in this world, and this one truth is going to save our world, and I'm so blessed to be able to bring this forward and share this light with my fellow man and woman from this show this evening. So support them all you can moving forward. They're an incredible bunch of people, and Godspeed.
The Other Side of Midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and nonlinearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 a day. Talk radio with pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Kaufman, natural healing consultant. Welcome to the other side of the news, where they're open to hearing the truth and take it seriously. The first thing you got to look at is the methods, like nothing else matters, because that's where they describe the experiment. So then you can decide if what you can conclude from the experiment, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's really, really important because, you know, they make false claims and people don't understand how to use statistics and all these things could be misleading. What I noticed that they do now is they put the method section at the very end. And in some papers, it's in a separate document that's like an addendum. So in other words, they just present the the results and conclusions and an introduction section, and nobody looks at the methods. But that's the most important thing, because if you don't know that, you don't actually know what they did. Because, you know, there's a lot of art to experimental design. And, uh, you know, some people can be very clever about it. Some can be very elegant about it. But there's also like a many ways that things could be fudged. And there's books on this, right? Like one of Bill Gates' favorite books, How to Lie with Statistics. Then, you know, you have the John Ioannidis article, which is one of the most highly cited papers where he says more than half of all published research is false. Right. So, mm-hmm. but, but how many scientists, when they go to read a paper, say there's a 50% chance that this article is false. So I better read it really carefully. Right. They don't do that. But all this clinical research, it's really just, it's really marketing. It, yes. that, that's what it is. It's not actual research. With this the vaccine trials, you know, it, it's just, they basically designed it exactly perfectly to show what they could say you know that bogus 95 percent effectiveness uh that's the the relative risk reduction of having a test and it's not even the overall risk reduction would be like 0.4 percent but they describe it that way it's a statistical trick where they could say 95 percent and they also defined the outcome and then they had to wait seven days after the vaccine but all the people who got sick within that seven days didn't count you know all Ooh. kinds of uh tricks why. they're 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 experts <laughs> at this they know yeah. they know what they're doing and and it's really hard to even figure out what they're doing welcome back to the other side of the news our show is entitled this evening undiplomatic immunity 
And our special guest, our return guest, is Dr. Carrie Made. Carrie, you're an excellent communicator. And with your first-hand insights with these nefarious meetings and your medical knowledge, of course, and the fact you're independent has put you in a very privileged position where you have been able to, yeah, since certainly since you came on my radar, which is uh, nearly a year ago, I guess, but you've you've been able to further your investigation and to go deeper into research, and also I believe because of your sort of positive thought process, search for solutions. Before we go into the solutions, one of the things I'd like to do, first of all, is, is to lay out where this agenda may be taking us if we do not intervene. And one of the particular points I'd like to ask you about is a description I saw in one of your previous presentations where we were talking I say we, you were talking about the different sort of stages of avatar that is to change humanity into avatar stage one, two, three, four, and so on. Would you like to outline this a little bit with me at the moment? Oh, yes. There's been many plans for us. And ultimately, people have to understand the idea is to turn us all into cyborgs or part cyborgs. And this was actually introduced, this idea to me at a World Congress meeting in like around 2014. And they also said that my job as an internal medicine physician would be obsolete because the general doctor would never be needed. Because as soon as this transformation happened, then everything would just be uploaded and downloaded into the person. You wouldn't actually be taking a tablet anymore. And I thought, mm, you know, this is really far-fetched. They're just a little bit... Uh, uh, you know, this kind of Dr. Evil, they'll never get away with this. Well, then here we are now where there's some, uh, there's some plans already in play. And so one of the, this is a real project, the, the Avatar project. It's a real company. You can look them up. So in their stages, they said between 2015, 2020, a robotic copy of a human body is remotely controlled through another, a human's brain, which they, yes, they've done that successfully for a while now, and especially in the military. Then the next stage is uh, 2020 to 2025. The avatar is in, in which a human brain is implanted at the end of one's life. So they're going to take your brain and put it into, let's say, another body like a cloned body or something. There's been reports that they've been attempting that or perhaps they've been successful in that already. So these are real things that have already happened they're experimenting on. The next one is 2030 to 2035. And then an artificial brain, which means synthetic, in which a human personality is transferred in the end of one's life. So in, in other words, either a clone or a, a, a robot, a cyborg, um, you would have your memories uploaded, then downloaded into this this robotic or clone body. Then the end would be a hologram-like avatar, meaning it'd just be a digital form of you. Because in these meetings, they actually said, and DARPA's one of the biggest organizations behind this. They are a big transhumanist organization, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. So they believe that immortality is really just our memories. I completely disagree, but in their minds, that's what they think. They think they can accumulate all this data, upload in the cloud, and then download it into something else, and then that's you. I totally disagree, but in their mind, yes. And so then you never die. 
um, they also believe that we should all be connected because you know they should be we should be connected through artificial intelligence already know what everybody else is thinking this hive mind kind of thing and that's not what I believe I believe we already are connected through our soul when we are children of God and if you listen to them you'll find out that they don't believe in God you know they they don't believe in that have agenda they believe can become gods, plural, but they've actually told us that. And so then you see, wait a minute, there's a whole other agenda. We're going into a, a spiritual kind of conversation now, right? This is not even science. This is a spiritual issue that we're talking about. And they're not including the common folk like us. Yeah, this is pretty scary stuff, but it, it's not science fiction. I mean, we, we've seen it in a way. We've been programmed or prepared for this. I mean, if you if you pick on any number of movies over the last 20 years, you know, one comes to mind is uh, yeah, Minority Report, for example. Maybe that's sort of not, not quite now, but maybe that's towards the end game where was it pre-crime, I think, was the term they used in the movie where the AI would sense that somebody somewhere in the street was about to commit a crime and then uh, little Tom Cruise would get on his uh, hover bike or whatever it was. Maybe I'm mixing up the movies now, but they go that and prevent it. And um, people would be arrested and tried before, just prior to the actual event. So in other words, you know, guilty until proven innocent, uh, which is not quite how I think natural law should work. So, yeah, in a way, I think the society has been prepared through the media. So people are firstly desensitized to the actual reality manifesting along the lines of science fiction. And secondly, I think the other reason why these messages come through entertainment or presented you know, in a form of entertainment is that it actually kind of takes the energy or the, the outrage out of people because, it, as I say, through the desensitization, it, it makes people feel, oh, it's okay, I just saw that on a movie. It, it doesn't connect any further any more deeply in the in the mind spirit or soul it prevents outrage it, it just sort of creates a distraction say so, oh it's just it's just that i saw a movie you know and then move on to something else that's pretty scary stuff to know that the science is really fairly close to what we're watching on tv and what we're watching in the movies you mentioned the avatar different stages the the one which should be occurring in this current period the 20 to 25, where a brain will be put into somebody else's body. Is that a surgical method, do you think? Or, or is it more of a, um, yeah, like a, like a digital, where it's, it's the, the memories are recorded and somehow implanted into somebody else's brain? That's a good question. I, I would say, you know, after listening to these people that are in these projects, that it would be a download because we can do that. You know, um, they have Neuralink, which Elon Musk is so pushing that forward. He's a transhumanist. Mm -hmm. Don't He's not our buddy by any means. And he is very interested in this where you can actually download memories of somebody else and you'll never know if they're your memories or that person's memories. You can also rewrite the memories of the person. You can take out a memory you've had and put another memory in place. This is his project. He wants mm -hmm. to bring this to everybody. They've been doing this um, in the military, the N3 project, which is the same kind of thing. 
So why would they do the messy thing of just putting another brain somewhere else when they just, in their mind, it's just memories. That's all we are. So we're just going to use the memories. Um, they're just, they're being foolish because they think we're just this blob of biological cells. Of course we're not. We're amazing spiritual beings and they forget that. So that's their biggest downfall. No, I, I would totally agree. I would, I would say that, uh, one of the things, I mean, I, I do admire some of the technological achievements that's coming out of companies, which Musk seems to be leading. However, I'm also horrified by some of the things which uh, they're setting out. I believe at one point in one interview, Elon Musk was saying how something along the lines of the AI is really not a good idea. We shouldn't go in that direction. But on the other hand, it's, it's already happening. And if you can't beat them, you should join them. And to me, that is just uh, a complete U-turn. But somehow, you know, through through the gods of marketing, which he uses, uh, everything seems to come up with a smile. So I agree with you. I am very cautious about what this guy is up to. And in any case, yeah, he, clearly he's a smart individual. But I, I do believe he's also a figurehead who has been allowed, permitted to do certain things or fund certain things in this time, which... Yeah, I also believe is according to the the rollout of, of the agenda. Uh, so it's it's all connected. It really is all connected. That's the, that's the scary thing is when you take a high altitude view, really, it is very simple. It is all connected. And have you seen his behavior, especially more recently? It's very strange. It is really robotic. <laughs> I think he's tasted his own Kool-Aid. <laughs> you know, it's uh, very strange, I have to say. Well, well, maybe. I mean, it, it wasn't such a long time ago. I, I was listening to you know, another interview where he was explaining how within, I think, the next six, seven years, he intends to, within his own organization, is to upload a person's consciousness. I think that's, I think that's very ambitious. I don't think that they, he will achieve that because I don't think he actually understands that. But let's just say memories or thoughts or even programming uh, into somebody else's brain. But it would involve taking a circular hole saw, uh, cutting a sort of inch and a half diameter chunk out of the skull, inserting something which is a bit like a smartwatch, having a robot maneuver tiny, tiny electrodes into certain parts of the brain, close it up, yeah, flap over the skin and stitch up round neatly, a bit of plastic surgery, and Bob's your uncle. You have us become a smart you become a smart person and certainly interface with the internet of everything. I mean, that, that to me, if he's actually, you know, saying that that's going to happen in the next five, six, seven years, then probably they're already experimenting with this right now. They've definitely already, they've had military projects with this, but that's old technology that they're describing. They never tell you what they really can do now. So if you look at the military and how they've used hydrogel, it actually it can be liquefied in a syringe and then it has it can assemble itself and have an affinity for your nervous system so it moves to the brain and the nerves and it can actually meld and become a hybrid tissue so you are actually part organic and part this this synthetic stuff so could that happen wide scale nobody knows could they really do this nobody knows i mean it's an experiment but i can tell you that Things, obviously, since World War II, crazy things have been attempted. But, you know, they don't really go far because 
we are amazing spiritual beings. They're always foiled. And I believe that this time is the same. They're not going to get away with what they want. And I believe this is just a continuation of what happened in World War II because, you know, we took half the scientists and Russia took the other half and they continued the same work that they did in World War II. We never stopped. So how do you, are we surprised that our medicine and, and science is so dark? Not me. <laughs> Look what no, we did. Not at all, no. Which, which brings me back to one more point. I, I'm sure Annette would like to jump in with lots of questions, but I'm just going to throw one more question in before we go forward. And that is when you were our guest on this show uh, last year, at that point, there were far more fresh memories of the possibility of 5G being a nefarious element in all of this equation. I have to say that from yeah, way back, I've always imagined that the 5G element may be a, a means of signaling the release of, let's just say, an ingredient which is put into the body either by ingestion or through uh, an injection, something which sits dormant in the body only to be released at a certain time by a signal through the 5G or 4G network. Now, that was a pure speculation, gut reaction. However, having followed your work over the last few months, and in particular, there was a very good interview you did with uh, Newman, uh, where you showed a presentation about, as I say, the Weiss, Weiss Institute, part of Harvard, where this technology actually is possible through DNA origami, um, making a, a DNA cage which can hold a, a payload. These payloads are potentially inside this injection that's being given to people. We don't know for sure, but the technology exists. We also know that Bill uh, Gates of Hell um, has certainly invested in this sort of technology. Uh, over the last few years, and anything from uh, infertility to who knows what. I mean, it could be the payload could be something wonderful to enhance our spirituality. I doubt it very much. It could be something wonderful to enhance our strength or our stamina or our intelligence. I doubt that very much. But it's potentially possible. But more nefarious, it could also be something very negative. It could even be something like a, a sickness. It could be, you know, even like a, a system closed down, like a end of life, a euthanasia type payload, which could be signaled at a certain time. This this is scary stuff. And, and I know it's dark, dark, but I do want to go there before we pull up and go into a more positive closure towards the end of the show. But Carrie, do you think along the same lines or am I just imagining stuff here. No, you're on the right track and we all have to go there because we all have to face how dark our science and medicine has become. We have to understand how, in my opinion, we've actually lived in a satanic world. <laughs> I just started realizing it, you know, in the last few years of recently, but that's really the truth. And if you look at it, you'll see because these people have symbolism and they use numbers and they use words. Why do they want to use the word Lucifer race in everything they do or Lucifer? Why do they want to use the words or the number 666 in their patents? They are putting it in the ingredients, the six, like a 0. 0.666 uh, 
of uh, micrograms of this ingredient. You know, they're always using these numbers and these words, and it's not by coincidence, really, not at all. And people have a hard time believing that. They should look at, you know, it's very uh, good evidence that Hitler was using the Vril Society, Society and the Tool Society, where they were believing in the occult and conjuring up things. This is how they got their knowledge, they said, their technology. It's not new. I mean, we have to understand that we have some very negative influences and that people are not the same everywhere. And that right now in our world, we're having, in my opinion, a satanic push. And we have to see it in that manner. Carrie, I wanted to go a little bit deeper into that. Actually, I have two different things, both of them dark. (laughs) One of them was this God gene, the eighth chromosome. I have a video on there with Bill Gates on my items talking about targeting that, that people that have stronger belief systems, and especially, you know, they're using the the, Mm -hmm. uh, idea of religious beliefs, but people that have their own mind, essentially, contrarian thinkers, etc. And they're targeting that gene. And we know that they went after that. So could you speak to that, please? That's the VMAT2 gene. And they've been looking at it because they just said they were interested. They were studying people that could be in a deep meditative state. They could do a distance healing, et cetera. And they mapped out the in the area in the brain where that was very active. And so they were able to isolate the gene um, that was located there. So in their mind, they called that the God gene. And so they talked about using it in a military sense where if they could knock that out in their enemy, then the enemy wouldn't have the passion to fight and they could overtake them, you know, easily, which is awful to use it in that manner. And then it kind of got dropped. But the point is, okay, here you have this sci-fi technology or the ability. What if it gets in the wrong hands? Do we really trust these people, you know? Um, there's so much more dark science, for instance, Gates and, and DARPA have put a lot of money into something called gene drive technology or gene extinction technology. And what is that? Well, by a simple mutation um, given in, an injection, they can actually um, make that organism sterile so they can't reproduce, but they can also spread it to the other organism so that within one or two life cycles, that species is eradicated. You can actually make a species extinct from Earth. Well, Mm. who gave them that right to use this technology to make anything extinct? And how do you know they don't plan it for a type of person, a human? There's no one overseeing this at all. Aren't they using that in the the genetically modified mosquitoes? mosquitoes? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and of course... That's what they're telling us, right? Yeah, there's a lot of this. I mean... One thing leads to another, but it seems to be a lot of that evidence that these vaccines are causing infertility and sterile issues, sterility, but also miscarriages and stillbirths. We talked about this nearly a year ago before the vaccines came out, and now we're seeing the evidence of it with like a 400-time increase in in, uh, miscarriages. And This gets into the whole thing with the transmission and we're so close to break. I don't really want to bring it all up right now unless we just continue on. You know, all these well, I things. I do want that... to bring up, hmm? I just want to remind people that we forget so easily that Epstein's Island, <laughs> you know, Bill <laughs> Gates and all of these MIT scientists, they all frequented that island. 
And you know why? Well, obviously for that reason, but also because they all wanted to make superhumans. Everybody forgot about that story. They were all giving each other money. They're all doing this research. Epstein wanted to make his own DNA into all these superhumans with AI and genetic modification. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. So that whole incestuous group of people, look what they stand for. You know, pedophilia and sex trafficking, human trafficking. It's the same group of people. They're all involved in the same thing. It's not for the good of humanity. And people need to to wake up to that. They're, he's not a philanthropist by any means. No, I, I you know. I'm always amazed. I, I'm not trying to convince still, you that. But. Still say that to me and they'll go like, oh, well, he's not a bad guy. And I'm like, excuse me, let, let's talk. You know, so. But um, I don't know if we have enough time to get into it, but I have heard that the there are things in the current vaccines that are suppressing the immune ability, the immune system's ability, for example, to uh, recognize the proteins in, in cancer cells, for example. And so basically they go undetected and they're allowed to take off. And then there's the whole idea of the, uh, the autoimmune, which, of course, there's a lot of us that feel the autoimmune and cancer, uh, same deal. What what could you say to that as far as these vaccines go? I, I shouldn't call them vaccines. I should call them lethal injections because that's what they are. There is such a large list of the negative effects of what these can do. It's unbelievable. Just the spike protein alone has 20 different mechanisms of injury. And then we can get into the nanotechnology and how everything's being suppressed, the immune system's being suppressed. It's unbelievable that anything could get okay like this. People need to wake up that this is not normal. This is a Frankenstein code and it has HIV-1 in it. It has uh, things that will affect our chromosome 8, intelligence and fertility, as well as, of course, our, our fertility with this incitin um, protein. Among everything else in there, you're right. So why the world could this get through? This is just unbelievable to me that we've gotten this far. But it just shows you that around the world, a lot of things have been compromised. And so, you know, it might go into the next uh, segment, but it shows us that we have to come together. It's up to us. It's not about this one government, this country, this politician, this one president. It's really about us saying no and standing up for our human rights. And we do have the power to do that. Uh, we do have the ability because the time is now and you have to see the bigger picture. You just can't concede on these issues like the masks and the injections because they're going to keep upping the ante and do you really want to live in that kind of world what do you want you know we have to look at that <laughs> and the transmission sorry about the transmission i i have a theory about that but of course some people are thinking it's a spike protein being transmitted and my theory is i just don't believe that it's that virulent that pathogenic the spike protein by itself but that we're all forgetting a major component. Again, it's that nanotechnology that, and I, I talked about that before, where if it's truly becoming an antenna in the body, well, that can uh, transmit energy, EMF, frequency, right? And we know too much frequency makes you not feel good. And if you look at microwave EMF uh, sickness, it has reproductive issues, bleeding problems, even flu-like symptoms, all kinds of things. Because I thought that is the people that were complaining about these symptoms or describing them, they also told me when they were away from the person for a while, they got better. But when they came around the person, they got sick again. Then they got better. I thought that was odd. That doesn't fit the typical scenario of somebody shedding. But if they did give off this uh, excessive amount of energy, that could do it. 
So Mm -hmm. some people actually anecdotally were measuring people with the EMF meter along with unvaccinated people. And they found that the people that got injected were significantly higher in the meter from their body than the people that did not get the injection. So that goes along with that, that theory that that could be an issue. Okay, that's fascinating. We'll return right after this break with our guest, Dr. Carrie Made, and our show tonight is Undiplomatic Immunity. As you continue to work on yourself, the tribe comes forward. They'll come right to your door. So just keep doing the work and it'll come together. Yep, as you increase your frequency, then you become more mature in your manifestation abilities and your other higher senses and gifts come online. And then you have more power to make your world different and better and how you want it. And so that's why working on yourself is so important because then you're going to create the reality that you want rather than get sucked into the dystopia that's being created by the negative or shadow side. We're becoming uh, Renaissance men and women where we have multiple skill sets and we can dance from science into art and we can use both sides of our hemispheres and we can realize how much we have to really offer and uh, grow into. And this is what's happening now. This is where we're headed into a really beautiful place. So we can rejoice in that despite the fear, despite what it looks like on the outside. This is how disease transforms. The mess in the chaos is necessary in order to see what you have before you so you can clean it up and just make decisions to change your reality. If you don't see it, how do you know it's there to even be changed? Or if you ignore it, right? Then how can you make the differences? You can't. So the mess is before us, accept our mess, and now know that that's part of empowerment to be able to see and to be able to transform it. Hi, this is Amanda Vollmer, and I was on the other side of the news and I really enjoy my time discussing deeper topics and really getting to the heart of truth and the things that matter in this world and what we are doing and why we're here and and what we're heading toward. I really recommend listening in and and learning, uh, expanding your awareness and your knowledge. It's important and these are the times to do it and we're being asked to pay attention and to challenge ourselves and uh, think beyond, beyond the box. Good evening and welcome back to the other side of the news. This evening's show is Undiplomatic Immunity with Dr. Carrie Made. I'm here with my co-hosts Kinthea and Timothy and myself Anetta. And we're going to continue on with the idea of transmission because that's a really big deal. Carrie, what you don't know is that I'm one of those people that was affected by that. And so I've since um, connected with a group of people that are working on a, uh, a documentary about this issue. 
So I'd love to go further into that with what you're thinking is going on there and how it's affecting, yeah, how it is affecting people that haven't had this vaccine. I want to add, I've also talked to my veterinarian and they're saying it's also affecting animals too. So this idea of maybe the higher electromagnetic field would make sense, maybe? I, I think so. And along the lines of that too, sometimes we get caught up in, okay, we see two common threads. Well, one must cause the other. And, and we have to remember that we're using good science. We need to look at everything, the big picture. And while we've been going through this, this horrendous last year, more 5G towers are going up. The schools are getting um, more, uh, they're getting more frequencies. So are the hospitals and the clinics and workplaces. And I can tell you my personal experience, wow, my phone, it says LTE, but the amount of the EMF coming off of it is off the chart. It doesn't even register a number anymore. The radius has increased even in the last month <laughs> that fast. I haven't changed anything about it. Again, inside the home, I think I've seen increase with that around the bedroom. So now I know I have the EMF meter and I took certain precautions, but I was getting crazy symptoms and I wasn't around anybody that had the injection. Okay, similar. I got better once I started to take these precautions. So we need to look at the big picture. And, you know, I had that interesting, you know, um, those anecdotal stories of people testing higher on the EMF meter, their actual bodies are. So that could be something to that. And now Pfizer did have in their protocol, oh, by the way, that if uh, anyone that's gotten the injection, if they come in contact with someone who's pregnant, trying to get pregnant or breastfeeding, alert them immediately. Um, there could be a problem with some transmission, whatever that means. They didn't go further into it, but our government, CDC, FDA, they won't help us out. They say there's nothing to worry about, even though my members told me, you know, 700 different cases of, of people experiencing this. This is no joke. It's happening. Something's making it happen. We need to understand what it is, right? These are just theories that are going on right now. Um, my worry was, too, was are, how do we know it's in these injections if it's not like a virus? What if it's more than just a spike protein? We don't know. I mean, we've got to we've got to really put a moratorium on this and put independent investigations into it. How can we treat somebody if we don't even really know what's inside the vial? Well, you know, and the question, of course, is like, it, you know, it's not shedding because there's there's they've admitted there's no virus in there. How could there be? They've never identified it. You know, they've created a, a vaccine yeah. and tests for a virus that no one has ever seen. Or perhaps uh, they, the, they created a virus that people make now. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. A theory. That's I, I hope get, not. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting around yeah. to. And, and the, whole, the whole idea of the, the higher EMFs would make sense, especially when it comes to the zoological transmissions of these things. That would not, you know, that would not normally happen. Of course, we are talking about genetically modified stuff. So, you know, all bets are off. But what, what are you, um, just as a technical thing, and we can, we can later put it in, the, uh, in your show items, um, what kind of meter are you using so that people can start to do this on their own? There's two, uh, Latinx, L-A-T-N-E-X, and then also it's uh, Smart Living. Uh, they have a website, and this one I got uh, reference to. And I got their RF meter, which is it's similar to EMF. And I think they pick up on different frequencies. I've used both. 
Um, and I feel like they're both very helpful and I, I think they're very accurate and they've helped a lot and you can do lots of things that protect you from that, that it doesn't cost money. So you have to research that online. For me, I've had to even shut the breaker off to the bedroom at night because I was still getting so much EMF even, or the dirty electricity, they call it from just inside the walls. (laughs) So it was that high. Yeah, it is. So for me, that helped. And I'm also hearing from my friends that are metering some of this stuff. Uh, I don't have my meters here. They're in storage. But I have heard from multiple people that they're also spiking the radiation amounts coming from the cell towers, I presume, at about 3 in the morning. In the evening. Yeah. Yes. Well, Um, some people have pulsed in different times. That's correct. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, um, and that's that's really destructive because, as we know about the circadian rhythm, I mean, that's like in your deep, deep sleep cycle where you're repairing your body, and boom, you know. So, and we do have research to show that five G frequency can actually induce cell changes in a human skin cell and create the illness of COVID-19, they've proven that that can happen. We know that. So frequency, energy, and vibration are playing a huge role in what's happening right now. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, not good. We were also talking just before the break about the effect on the autoimmune system and cancer and the recognition. And I have talked on previous shows about how the immune system the way the spike proteins are set, basically setting it to only recognize one little segment. And pretty much if it was a, you know, football team coming at you, you'd, you'd only know you'd only recognize certain individuals and the rest of them could go right through. Is this the way you see it with the spike protein um, being set like that? There's many issues, but you're right about that. And the animal studies showed that they've done the same kind of uh, research with the same kind of injection, same kind of infection the animals look good at first, but when they were exposed to that virus or something similar, they had a cytokine storm, their body went into overdrive, um, they attacked itself. And it's, it's, it's messing with the ability of your immune system to function properly in multiple ways. They purposely are suppressing our immune checkpoint so they can get their Frankenstein code into the body. And then on top of that, you know, the way that they're trying to make your body immune is not using the entire virus like they've done in the past. They're using just a part of it. Well, this part can actually, you know, it's going to latch onto something that it sees in the future that's like that virus or something similar to it. It'll latch onto it and actually it'll bring it into, but it's not a very strong bond. It'll bring it into like, let's say your white blood cell and then release it. Well, then it actually facilitated the infection in your body instead of getting rid of it the destruction phase never came because it didn't bind to it strong enough. They know this and they go ahead with this, this, you know, atrocious uh, injection with everybody. Unbelievable. I've actually been talking about that, about the cytokine storm. So what we can expect with the normal, what they call the wild viruses and the reaction to that, it's very dark. If something, if some kind of uh, intervention for, for those vaccinated doesn't come up. Well, we're, we're in for a real, I, I mean, the morgues are going to be overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, I do tell people that we know that there's some placebos going out there. You know, how many, we don't know. Off the record, there have been some hospital administrators who, who told um, my colleagues and I that maybe about 20% were, were placebo. 
a regular study would have 50%. So that's something to think about. Also, the quality. Um, we know that there were some hacked emails from the European Union, and they found out that through this, uh, that the quality that was being examined was very poor, that sometimes the mRNA was only 20%, sometimes it was, it was disintegrated. So we don't know really how good these injections are. It's kind of all over the place. The fear and panic play a part with this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can go either <laughs> way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. It really is energy, vibration, and frequency, like Nikola Tesla said, if you want to know the secrets of the universe. I mean, that's what it's coming down to if you really look at it. It's about, uh, you know, a higher frequency is a love frequency, panic and despair, the very lowest. And where do these entities live? They live on that fear and, and panic. That's where they're, that's how you see them. That's how you, you interact with them. That's where they are. Um, they have to manipulate things to get into any higher level of being. So but they can't, they can never get to that, that frequency of us where we, where we should be all the time. It's impossible. Mm. So it's it's very it's very sci-fi, but it's it's true. A lot of our you know our history has been hidden. Obviously, the the most important facts have been hidden, and I think a lot of these things will start coming out. I feel like there's a big I call it the parallel universes. The parallel, like there's a splitting, as if there were two train tracks running parallel, and all of a sudden they started to diverge. It, that's mm-hmm. what it feels like to me. Um, yes, I, I think that's a way that this can happen. We've been enslaved and now we're finally waking up from the haze. This is our opportunity to, to leave this, this time loop that we keep coming back into where you become, you know, one frequency, the dominant one of, of, of the negative one goes into that parallel universe and then the other one goes into another. Um, that division happens. It's a possibility, yeah. There's more than one way this can happen, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it's up to us. It's up to us, just not just individually, but collectively, because we are connected. We are together in this. And I think a lot of us decided to be here for this moment, mm-hmm. <laughs> for better or for worse, to, um, you know, to help spread some good energy and some uh, encouragement. And the last thing and the most important thing is that our bodies are miraculous because if we were only biological beings, we would have been dead a long time ago. But because we are spiritual beings as well, you mm. can't explain everything by science. Time and again, our bodies will surprise you. Or we will surprise everyone. And I think in this instance, you'll see the same thing. I don't think it'll be as bad as people think about the negative events. I really suggest that people don't even try to get these injections. It is a Russian roulette, but I believe in us uh, very much. I believe in the power of the human spirits. And because it's an energy frequency kind of thing that we're dealing with, well, we actually have the upper hand because, you know, the vibration, the energy of a human being is amazing. We make energy. People don't realize that. They don't hear the good science. You know, the heart is the most amazing organ. It's the strongest organ with electromagnetic frequency, a good frequency, a high energy. And that goes out six feet to a very strong person can go out miles. So that energy can outdo any of this negative low energy that that frequency is putting out. So it's it's not all negative. You know, there is hope there. It's just about us waking up to who we are and what we are and what we can do and and taking our power back and knowing our human rights 
standing up for something. Carrie, I believe that uh, not to take it back, I think it's just to stop giving it because there's a big difference there. You're right. <laughs> you are right, Gus. It is a phrase people yes. use, but uh, and I'm not, not pushing the button on you there, but it, it is a question. We wake up with it. As, as we often say, we wake up with the power in our hands. It's it's what we yeah. intend to do with it is, is the important point. I think to, to move along from what you're saying, I think what we're looking at when we take a, a bird's eye view of this whole situation, the world is ever dynamic. And I believe what we have multiple things happening at the same time and also in different directions. We have a devolution, which is occurring in parallel to an evolution. What I mean by that is the devolution is the technology direction and the evolution is the spiritual awakening, uh, connecting with universal consciousness. Both of those are happening at the same time. So, I mean, I'm personally not a religious person, uh, I believe religion is just yet another means of controlling people personally, but it does not mean that I do not believe in universal consciousness. It, it does not mean that I do not respect other people that do have belief systems. But what I definitely do see is that these technology technocrats, the what I call the minority, are absolutely looking to cut people off from yeah, their spirituality, their connection with the universal consciousness, and to try to reproduce a technological version of that so that they themselves become what some people may want to call God or what some people may want to see as universal consciousness. The whole thing is a synthetic subset of what I believe the natural state of being is. So as you say, we all have the power to overcome this. It's just a question of, in my opinion, those that want to go in that direction, those that people want to evolve, need to just take a step sideways and say, you know what, I'm not going to buy into this. I don't you know, offer my energy to this. I do not accept this. I'm far greater than this. And I'm just going to become evolve into a uh, a more natural state of being the human being should be. And on the other side, you know, we have the technocrats, the technical technological people. They want to have ever faster you know, computers. They want to have you know more uh, complex uh, algorithms. They want to statistically look at the world in, in, in sort of rows of numbers. And yet the point that they're missing and the point they will fail very badly on is that they do not connect their feeling or their soul with this. And, and frankly, you can see these people. You can see them a mile away, the ones that are spiritual beings and the ones which have absolutely no spirituality or no, no soul in them at all. And I think this is becoming more and more apparent as, as time comes on. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think we will overpower this and we should never forget that we are the minority, not we are the majority and the majority always wins. I, you know, thinking about what we can do, a lot of groups are forming because we have to start, you know, communing together. We have to start meeting together physically 
and and that's how we gain power and knowledge and know what to do and and I think we've all decided we have to make our own parallel existence because the old way is never going to work for us these this old draconian way of you know really if you know our court system in the United States it's under British crown the bar is actually under the British crown that's a whole other topic um, there's something called common law and you can actually act under that a lot of people are going to a private membership association where we don't pay certain licenses and lots of the taxes and it's legal because it's under a different system and just like Bank of America and the elitists have used that forever. They don't pay taxes. They don't do that. They're a private membership association. We just didn't know about it until recently. <laughs> we need to do that. It follows a different set of standards. It's our own. It's for the quote unquote common folk. And uh, we make our own rules. We say, this is the way we want to live. This is who we are. We are independent, sovereign souls. You cannot own us. You cannot control us. We do not accept these uh, crimes against humanity. And this is the way our society is. And this is the way we'll, we'll run it. Um, we have to take a step in that direction. We've had many shows on that, and I'm so glad you brought it up. One thing I'd like to bring up in the show that we haven't touched on yet, it's a part of this uh, puzzle. So we've talked about us being powerful spiritual beings, but the word that hasn't been mentioned yet is our connection to the earth and the earth as a consciousness and the way that the energy of the earth is interacting with our energy, with our energy field, with our heart energy. Is there something you'd like to say about that? Yes, of course. Everything has, it's all living and the earth itself, and we're all connected. Everything's connected. You can't stop that. So the earth itself has a frequency and it's a Schumann resonance, almost like a heartbeat. And we will we follow that. We mimic that. We, we feed off of that one another. So it, it's really a living being. We have to show respect in, in knowing that the plants were connected with them, that they have a communication system. They actually feel pain. Uh, the animals too, we're all connected. And so once we start to open our eyes and ears and hearts to that, and we see that, I think that will change a lot of people's hearts and see the world a different way how there is an interconnectedness and there's a soul and a spirit that combines all of us and connects all of us. And you can call it different things, but that lives inside of us. And so if you're looking at where these little tiny group of people are trying to push it, they're trying to take away all of that connectedness and replace it with a computer. It's, <laughs> unbe it's ridiculous. That's so it'll never work anyway. It's, it's, it's like eating it's a unbelievable plastic grape. even think that. Like how, how is that fantasy for anybody? It, that's, it, it's really waking our brothers and sisters up around the world because they've been hypnotized. You know, the television has purposely been used for that, as well as all the symbolism and the, and the frequencies that have been used as well. And so it's a brainwashing that's been happening. And I think by repetition of us bringing this knowledge out, and really, we are in the, the era of lifting the veil. The apocalypse means lifting the veil so that we can see what's been going on the whole time. Because people don't, they haven't seen the, the negative and the evil influence around them. So now we're seeing it. And it takes some time for people to wake up. But I do believe there'll be that spark, that, that will, a revival, that people will really touch into their, their spirit and their soul again. I totally agree with that. And the the harmony that's generated as we join together, you know, where fewer join together, 
It's exponential. Lynn Taggart talks about that. And you've heard what the devil intends for ill, God intends for good. So just as these frequencies can be retuned to the Schumann resonance, we as beings with our collective heart energies, when we are in in sync with each other, our field of energy becomes vastly much more powerful. And I do believe that we were put here to be caretakers and also to to evolve together with the planet, that we are in a symbiotic relationship. We're not separate from this planet. And I oftentimes think of myself as the living earth, like I'm made out of earth, but I'm animated by spirit. And as we collectively are coming together, there is so much power in that. And they have spent a lot of time brainwashing us with the TV and with the movies. Now it's time for us to take those same techniques and reprogram ourselves collectively together so that we create this field of a force field, you know, may the force be with you. Well, may the force of light be with Mm -hmm. you because in the presence of light, all darkness disappears. So that's right. It's it's unstoppable. It really is. And the people I can tell you, I I promise you, they are afraid of us. mm -hmm, (laughs) That's that mm -hmm. secret. They're going to, they're afraid that the jig will be up and what they're telling us, what they're telling us they can do, they really can't do, honestly. It's not as potent as they've been telling us in the media. That's a little secret. They really have to depend on that that 5G, that frequency. I tell people the glue that holds this plan together for them is all the 5G out there, all these this frequency that's not natural to us and to the earth and to plants and animals, as well as that substance inside that they're trying to put into everybody called the hydrogel, the nanolipid particle. They need enough of that. If those two or even one of those is not functioning, there's no way it can work. Impossible. No way. So, so I'm curious, um, do, you, do you see a way in which those who have not been vaccinated, who are more conscious, will be able to have a healing influence on those who have been programmed, who have been vaccinated when the dark forces are finally eradicated? So that their lasting uh, legacy is dismantled? I mean, I, I do believe that we are you know, souls that have free will and a choice. So this is ultimately going to be each person's choice. But that I think the people that are lost and they they may see that this really is not the thing that they thought it was. If they have the will and the want and the love, yes, there's always change. There's always possibility. I've seen miracles, all that what we call miracles. Not really miracles because it's something that we can do. It's something that we have the spirit in us. There is a God that connects all of us. And to me, our heart is powerful. That intention is amazing. So it, it can overcome anything. Absolutely. I believe that. Mm-hmm. I'm in total agreement there. And, I, and I've been thinking that many of those that I know that are truly well-meaning, who, who think that they, they were making the right decision by taking this vaccine, that it, this can serve as a wake-up call. You know, it's a wake-up call for them. It's not the end of the story. It's maybe perhaps the beginning of a beautiful future for them. Yes. And these things, I do believe, they were intended to be cumulative. So even if you had one injection, et cetera, I mean, it, it has to get to a certain level they call the payload for whatever that is. They're not sure yet either. 
So just know that it's never too late. Don't get any more injections. And there's always a possibility of, of healing, of course. Carrie, before we sign off, is there anything that you'd like to point our audience to, how they can stay in touch with you? Of course, there's your website. And then I'd like to hand it over to Timothy. But I'd like to give you a chance to share with the audience what you would like them yes. to know about. Yes, I still somehow have a Twitter account at Dr. Made. I'm still on Facebook for now. I don't know for how long under my name, Carrie Made. Um, and, you know, right now we're working with the different doctors that are speaking up and we're working on projects together because, you know, in unity we have more power and we're, we're really thinking that we have to start looking at this from a spiritual side, a spiritual warfare. All of us are in agreement on that. People have to get in touch with their spirituality. They have to start praying. They have to start coming together. And the funny thing is, Stella Emanuel, she called me with the same thing. And then a couple other people called me the same thing. And then I met uh, with a group of people, 150 of them. Amazing. All saying the same thing. We're on the same brainwave. There's different groups. People can start them in their own area. And that's what we're trying to get people to do is start it in their own area. Just start. You don't even have to know what you're doing. Just meet. You right. know, it'll come to you. And um, we give them some ideas of what to do. But you have to start physically getting together. That's so powerful on so many different levels. Oh, physically, it means not, not just Zoom. Yeah, I mean, some people are just doing Zoom, but we're saying you really got to try to do this physically. It is a powerful change when that happens. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, this group of people, it was uh, electric in the air almost. It was amazing. Right. There is energy with that. Just like I said, that heart energy is a real phenomenon. It is real science and it's synergistic. So one plus one is not two. One plus one could be a hundred. Right. It's exponential. Right. So you're going to see more things that we're putting out very soon about trying to encourage others to awaken that, that heart, that heart energy, that light inside of us, that love. And um, we're encouraging everybody to start meeting once a week. There's a freedom meetup. Uh, group. There's, uh, I think it's freedommeetup.org, and they will help you start in your own community a group where you can share information, start to know your rights, um, and connect with other groups. Because as we start connecting and forming our own kind of groups, our own way of being, that is such a powerful thing, and it sends out shock waves around the world, just like you said, because we are connected, the earth is connected too. And uh, it's not as hard as you think to make change that way. So I encourage people to start doing that, get an EMF meter, detoxing, and um, yeah, that'll make positive change in their life. Thank you so much, Dr. Carey, and I will put those links up on the page. And Timothy, take it away. Well, despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth, you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influencers, artists, activists, and innovators who are wide awake and are already making great impact. All they require from you is to unplug from the mainstream and social media propaganda, to make your own independent research, stop acquiescing, and stand up for what you believe in with respect to others. Remember, you were born with power and you wake up each day with power. It is entirely up to you to choose to retain or give it away. You've been listening to another live broadcast of The Other Side of the News. This 57th edition is entitled Undiplomatic Immunity and remains available to all listeners free of charge 
at www.theothersideofmidnight.com forward slash T-O-S-N. My name is Timothy Saunders, and together with co-host and producer Kintia, co-host and researcher Annette Driscoll, offer special thanks to our guest, Dr. Carrie Made. We wish you all a very positive week and look forward to reconnecting with you on our next edition next Friday. Good night. Good night.